السلام عليكم ورحمة الله نحمده ونصلي ونسلم على رسوله النبي الكريم اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم Respected elders, dear brothers Continuing with our discussion on the beautiful supplications and du'as of our Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam On one occasion, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was performing his tahajjud salah and in his tahajjud salah, sleep overcame him. And as sleep overcame him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had awoken Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a form of a conversation. This hadith sharif is recorded in Tirmizi, it is a sound narration. And a discussion and a conversation uh, commenced whereby Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about various aspects. And it is a little bit of a lengthy incident or narration, so we won't go into the details. But basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the intention was Allah Rabbul Alameen was teaching Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or gave him the opportunity to ask for certain very important du'as and make supplication. And this du'a or these du'as that we will discuss today are the result and the outcome of this particular conversation. Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reports or mentions in this particular du'a, Allahumma inni as'aluka fi'la al-khayrat wa tarka al-munkarat. Allahumma inni as'aluka fi'la al-khayrat wa tarka al-munkarat. Which means, O oh Allah, give me the ability, the tawfiq, and the inspiration to engage myself in khayrat. Fi'la al-khayrat means to be able to motivate myself and drive myself towards good actions. Khayr and khayrat means to be always involved in obedience and in good actions. And the second part is tarkal munkarat. Tarkal munkarat means to leave out that which is your disobedience. Munkar comes from the word nakir, nahi anil munkar, those things which are wrong, the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So give me the restraint and the ability to make tark. Tark means to drop, to leave, to forsake. So these are the two arms of the actions of a person and a believer. One is fi'l al-khayrat, he drives himself and moves himself towards good actions. And the other is tark al-munkarat, he leaves out and he drops those things which are not right and which are wrong. In terms of our actions and our a'mal, it is nicely said that do not forsake a good action. But before we say that, we must remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every act of obedience, in all acts of good, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has called upon us to do, there is tremendous amount of benefit and khair in it. Particularly the fard actions. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made something fard and compulsory, it actually means that that action has got so much of benefit in it for us, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want us to miss the good in that action. So therefore it is fard, it is compulsory, because of the tremendous benefit that is kept in that action. And when something is made haram and unlawful, it means that there is so much of harm in that particular action that Allah Rabbul Alameen has made it unlawful and prohibited. So a person is saved and protected from that harm. So we must always keep this in mind that actions which are obligatory are not a burden or they are not something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to hold us back from progress or our work, but it is actually for our benefit. And those things which Allah has declared as haram and unlawful, 
it is also for our protection and for our hifazat. So, do not forsake a good action because of the little bit of effort and a little bit of uh, energy that a person has to take or has to undertake to do that good action. In doing anything good, a little bit of taklif, a person has to undergo some effort and mehnat to come for salaya for fajr and to sit for a short while after fajr requires a person to make effort. It requires mehnat. It requires motivation. So, but that little bit of mehnat and that effort, it is said that that pain of that or the effort, the taklif that a person took to do that, to break his sleep and to wake up and to come, that will pass. It is a short-lived thing. It is temporary. And the action, the samara, the outcome of that action will remain forever. It will remain in the book of deeds of that person. It will go with that person into the grave. On the day of Qiyamah, it will be resurrected with that person, with his a'mal. It will be placed on his scale of good deeds. And it will continue with him. It will continue to accompany him. Right until he is admitted into paradise. And he will see the fruit of that good action and that effort that he made. He will enjoy that even in Jannah. So even when a person says, Subhanallah, there is a sense of fulfillment in that action and in that act that remains with a person for perpetuity. This is the barakah and the goodness of good actions. And on the other hand, when a person does something wrong, there is always some joy or some outward pleasure or achievement that a person wants to gain. That is why a person is doing something wrong. Nobody does something wrong just for the sake of doing something wrong. There's some motivation behind that wrong action that a person wants to achieve. Some pleasure. So, for that little bit of pleasure that a person may gain from that wrong action, from that haram action, for that little bit of pleasure, a person should try to forsake it and restrain himself. Why? Because that bad action, that bad amal, will remain with that person in his book, book of deeds, and it will go with him in the grave, and it will be resurrected with him on the day of Qiyamah, and it will come in front of him when he is accounting in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah, and he could face the consequences of that bad action on the day of Qiyamah. So for that little bit of pleasure, it is said, rather forsake it, rather hold oneself back, restrain oneself, so that that bad action does not come as a bogey in front of us on the day of Qiyamah. So, Allahumma inni as'aluka fi'l al-khayrat wa tark al-munkarat. And there are a few parts to this dua. I'll just mention one or two more. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, wa hubb al-masakeen. This is a very beautiful part. Wa hubb al-masakeen. Oh Allah, among the things that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked Allah to make beloved to him was the muhabbat and the love for the masakeen. Who are the masakeen? One is the outward understanding of masakeen, which is the poor people. Or people who do not have attachment to this dunya. People whose hearts are broken because of the pain and the worry and the taklif that they undergo in this world. This is what you call a miskeen. So one is a person who does not have outward wealth, doesn't have any wealth in his hands. And he's undergoing constraints, difficulty, taklif. That person is a miskeen. And another miskeen is a person who has broken his heart for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are lots of things that he could do in life with the wealth that he has, with the opportunities that he has. 
He could do a lot of things. But he broke his pleasures. He slaughtered his temptations. That person is also a miskin. That person is also a miskin. That is why one saintly person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired him. He said, Oh Allah, I want your qurb. I want your closeness. I want your proximity. How do I reach you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directed him to the hearts of the poor and the masakin. In the munkasiratil qulub. Go and sit and accompany those whose hearts are broken. For different reasons, their hearts may be broken. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you will find me where the hearts, where the hearts are broken. Therefore, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sunnah was, kana rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yuhibbul fuqara wa yujalisuhum. The messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to love the poor. And not only he used to love them, but he used to also sit with them. He used to associate with them. He used to talk to them. He used to listen to their pain and their worries. This is one very great sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which we find unfortunately today, it's not very prominent. Because we have a desire to sit with people who we know, who we are familiar with us, and who we are comfortable with in our circles. But there are many, many people within our own community and society. If we just have to look in our own suburbs, in our own precincts, in front of us, there are people who are undergoing extreme difficulty, extreme amount of constraints. And if we only have to ask or find out or make some inquiries, then we will find that there are many people with broken hearts who are under difficulty and we could be able to assist them either by consoling them, either by giving them motivation, if we are able to help them financially. So, hubbal masakin, the love of the miskin and the poor. And then the dua continues, wa antaghfirali wa tarhamani, and oh Allah, you forgive me, you make my maghfira, wa tarhamani, and you have mercy upon me. وَإِذَا أَرَدْتَ بِقَوْمٍ فِتْنَةً فَتَوَفَّنِي And when the time for tribulations come upon people, then, O oh Allah, take me away. وَأَسْأَلُكَ حُبَّكَ وَحُبَّ مَنْ يُحِبُّكَ وَحُبَّ عَمَلٍ يُقَرِّبُنِي إِلَى حُبِّكَ And among the things that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked to be beloved to him, أَسْأَلُكَ حُبَّكَ Allah grant me your love. وَحُبَّ مَنْ يُحِبُّكَ And the love of that person and those people who have love for you in their hearts. وَحُبَّ عَمَلٍ يُقَرِّبُنِي إِلَىٰ حُبِّكَ And the love of those actions that will bring me closer to you. So we find this is a very profound and deep dua which Nabi Wasallam asked for attachment for. Attachment to those actions, attachment to those people, attachment to those places that will bring us the closeness and the proximity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this month of Ramadan, we ask Allah Rabbul Alameen to give us all His qurb and His muhabbat, His proximity and His love. Ameen. Ya Rahman Rahim.